Manchester at nine o'clock in the morning. Like a lot of Reds, we're on buses heading south, hopefully to win the first trophy since 2017. This podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Doan opened his first shop in Salford in 1967. Apologies for the background noise, but it's everyone's buzzing. People are chatting, people are talking about it. They're excited. There isn't any um, music on the coach. Uh, I don't think it's working. Um, one of the lads is just dead, another one's put you'll never walk alone on, but I can't even do that. Someone once did that in the, in the Trafford pub, Danny McMullen. Remember that? Yeah, so post game one day, he just thought, jukebox over there, I'll find you'll never walk alone, and I'll put it on like 10 times, like, put two quid in. And what happened? Well, it's like, um, yo, it's, when, you, when you think about it, being offended by a song is a bit weird, but like, what was the reaction in the pub? First of all, you saw people like saying, "Get this shit off," you know, like, "What's this shit?" Then when the second like sort of time <laughs> round started, it's like, "Where's the fucking switch?" And then by the third, it's like trying to rip it off the wall. <laughs> but yeah, it's straight, strange grown man sort of um, reaction. Really. How are you feeling about today? Um, I, I can't say I'm um, completely confident because I just think that this is their biggest match. How many years would you say? I'd say since at least 96 when we played them. Um, 99 so, Cup Final, FA Cup Final. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a really tough game, a lot harder than people think. We've got a bit of the unknown as well with um, Bruno playing for him. He didn't play in the whole Trafford match, so I am a bit... Um, if you look at Newcastle's results with him without him, you know that they're a far greater team and score a lot more goals with him, so... You know, it's a bit of the unknown there. I've not seen him play against us before, so I am a bit stopping me from being confident, really. Good enough to be one of the key players to knock Manchester City out of the Champions League, age 20, when he played for Leon. Exactly, that's it. And, we, you know, he's, he's obviously a really good player. Um, I mean, it, I'm not going to go too deep, but if you see the results with and without him, it's, you know, chalk and cheese. So, they, you know, we're going to be... Um, we, need, we need to stop him, definitely. How deep could you go on him? Well, I could do quite a bit. I mean, football Swede, me. Proper football Swede. We're seeing reports of Newcastle fans taking over Trafalgar Square last night. I'm not sure there's, there's an award for that. Did you see it? What's your reaction to Geordie's being all over London? What, New- there's Newcastle fans in London? Um, it's uh, it's a big giveaway, there, isn't it, really, that you're a big club who never gets to Wembley, you know? Uh, I'm sure United would do it if we'd hadn't won a trophy in 60 odd years um, but we're here all the time so you know we just come down for the day we used to be there all the time 
<laughs> Maybe not. I've not been there for five years. You think, Ken? What the hell? What do you want? <laughs> what do you think of the Geordies in London? Try being an Everton fan. Um, I've seen before. Loads on Twitter, isn't they, with them all uh, dancing in the dancing in the fountains, and I was just thinking. Phone goes, the wife ring saying, "Oh, are you having a good time, loves?" Yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, just, just in the fountains, just jumping out, jumping in. I just think. Age fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have had a weekend with your grandkids, but you're playing in the fountains in London, but so each to their own. But not, not really for me that. But anyway, they look like they're having a good time. How are you feeling at the moment? Two San Miguel's in, not too bad. Um, don't ask me that on the way back. Uh, I think, think United will win me. I, th- I think seeing that it's their biggest game for a long time but I think under this new manager and the way the players are playing I think they'll see it as a massive game as well and I think I think United will go all out today Jamie how are you feeling? Yeah I, my only worry is that keeper of theirs Carrius I've just got a horrible feeling that you know these things happen in football don't they he's destined to have a great game save a penalty be the hero in the shootout one way or another I mean hopefully it won't and he has a stinker he lets one through his legs but you know I've just got a horrible feeling he's gonna, he might be the difference today best Wembley memory for me my best Wembley memory it's a weird one actually I'm going to go for the 3-2 against City and the Charity Shield I that was just a great great day out start to finish train on the way down seemed to be all United <laughs> And just 2-0 down at half-time. And we thought we are going to get, or maybe just after half-time, we thought we were going to get absolutely bummed by them. And then to come back and win like that, even though it was only the charity shield, it was a fucking great day out. That was when Phil Jones and Tom Cleverley and Johnny Evans, young defenders, and Ferguson said, these are our future, these defenders. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't quite work out like that, did it? But I don't know, as, as, a day out, as day outs go, that was... Uh, that was as good as it gets. What's the biggest mess you've been in on a trip to Wembley? Sorry. <laughs> the biggest mess you've been on a trip to Wembley? Oh, definitely that Everton semi-final. Was it? What year did we win the cup? 2016. Yes. Jesse yeah, yeah. Lingard. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that Everton semi-final. Why? Well, just like I left the house at like six in the morning, got back at seven in the morning, and. You know, you just. That's only I, an hour. I, I, <laughs> you know what? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're away. You got me. You're away for 25 hours. Yeah, 25 hours. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nightmare that day. Honestly. Did, some, did someone spike you that day? No, no, no. Funnily enough, it's like today I actually had a bit of fear, like packing my bag because I'm like prepared for all eventualities because of that. You know. We even got superfoods in my bag. It's packed for a month, yeah, I yeah. can tell. So you, you just overdid it, basically. Yeah, overdid it massively. You know, a lot of um, a lot of alcohol. You know, other stuff as well. You know, it was just a, an, an awful day. It really was. Um, so where yeah. were you at like two o'clock in the morning? So like, I had a I had a huge um, like come down after the game. Like, so I slept it off on the way back. Then you get home and you're thinking. Oh, I'll just go to this nightclub or whatever, you know. And anyway, yeah, it's just n- not a good one. It, it, was a, it was a period of my life where, you know. period. Yeah, it's a period of your life where you just go too far with everything, you know. And these days, you know, I've got a load of bananas in my bag. I've got, you know, superfoods, that sort of thing. It's, um, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to today. I remember you ringing me after Everton saying, can I come in a cup final with you, please? You're sensible. 
So yeah. you, you did come and you locked me out of the fucking flat we stayed in in London. Yeah, so we went to Crystal Palace and um, we've got, got a really good train. We've got a really uh, mutual friend, haven't we, that gets us some decent prices on the train. So yeah. I got a free train down there and then um, Chris Lord gave us his um, flat, didn't he, in Canary Wharf, yeah. So we had a, a two-floor flat, didn't we? It was great. And then great from there... me out of it. Well, yeah, so after the game, I, I ended up, like, celebrating winning the cup final, bumped into Lawrence Yeregie. Is that his second name? I think that's how you Yeah. And then we ended up in um, Coco in Camden, and my battery had gone, and you were trying to phone me, and I got back at five, and you said that you had to get an Airbnb because you couldn't get in. <laughs> Favourite Wembley memory? Um, not that many, me. Every time we come okay, to Wembley. nice one. Push up. <laughs> Just, just before I give you that, just, just no wonder there's no food in the supermarkets. It's all in bloody ants' bag. They are blaming Brexit. It should be uh, knocking on his door. Anyway, favourite uh, memory, memory. Memble. My favourite memble is uh, unfortunately I'm gonna have to say the same as Remo. That free two against City was just absolutely. Uh, it was so funny. We're, we're, they, they thought they had it wrapped up. We we were all down in the dumps and then. When Nanny got that goal right at the end, it was just absolute carnage in the stands. I've never seen Wembley like it. Um, Do you like trips to Wembley? <laughs> uh, my first ever trip to Wembley was uh, Chelsea in the Charity Shield the year before he got knocked down. Oh, I think we lost that game, so that was a bit of shit. Um, we've won a few League Cups here. But... I think six was special, yeah. but I wasn't actually in the ground for that. I was in Kilburn, but quite a few of us went down without tickets, as as you used to do. And you know, talking about Newcastle, you know, there's going to be a lot of them without tickets today. But Liverpool in '96 was very, very special. One of my brothers has just messaged me. He's on another coach down. He just said, "Have you got a ticket?" And it's a really, really hard ticket. Not heard anything. No. Not heard no, a lot of people pissed off because they can't get tickets. And so finally, um, who do you think is going to win today? People will be listening to this afterwards. There's no pressure on you, but most people predicted Manchester United two Barcelona one the other night. So go for it. One all after ninety minutes. United win four two on penalties. United 3 0, uh, Bruno, Anthony, and Casemiro. I'd, I'd say the same 3 0. Don't know. The same goal scorers? Not the same goal scorers, don't know. Rashford, if he plays. 3 0. 1 0, and then the lottery of penalties, I think. Um, and finally, how good did it feel to beat Barcelona the other day? You know, win or lose today? You're happy with where Manchester United are at the moment? Yeah, massively. Massive upturn at the minute. Um, that was a great game the other night. You know, it, we're not, not necessarily back where we belong and all that bullshit, but, you know, it's just great to watch a team who's pulling together and going in the right direction. Simple as that. I mean, that was a good night. Really good Old Trafford night. I feel, Yeah, I feel the same. And I, the thing about the other night is I don't even think we needed to play well. And I know Barcelona had a few players out, but at the same time, you know, United managed to get through by not playing very well. And I, I think that we're in a great position at the moment with the manager. Hopefully there's no Qatari owners that come in and sack him. Just watching a team fighting, that's, that's what I've enjoyed the most. Watching a team who actually want to play for the, like, 
you look at Varane and Casemiro, look at what it means to them to play for Man United. And then over the last few years, you've had dickheads like Pogba. And then you, it's no comparison to people wanting to fight and just battle. I, I can watch teams lose playing like that, no problem. Um, but luckily, we're starting to win. So the, the fight that's been instilled is the best thing, I think. I, that's what I'm enjoying the most, watching that. Just a final word on Barcelona. Um, I did get some of the Catalan journalists after the game. I uh, didn't really have time uh, to squeeze them into the last podcast. Um, but the front page of Mundo Deportivo on Friday was Nightmare in Europe. Um, United are more of a team. They've got a better squad than us. They are more electric than Barcelona. That was in El Pais. So big compliments in Spain for Manchester United. And echoing what Xavi Hernandez, the manager, said about Manchester United. I've got to be honest, when I'm reading stuff like that, I'm thinking, I'm really enjoying this because it's been a while. Just sick of seeing Barcelona beat Manchester United. That's the shame, isn't it? I mean, Primo said it earlier, but we're really building something here now. And next season is... You know, we get that striker in or a couple of forwards in, but you get all this Qatari money come in and suddenly they're going to want to splash the cash on marquee signings and everyone's just going to say we've bought, bought success. And that's that's the sad thing. It's almost like, I don't want to say it, but one more year the Glazers and then at least you can see what Ten Hag's puts, you know, put together. So you talked about depth. Manchester United have drawn Rio Betis in the Europa League. Could you just talk us through their squad, please? <laughs> I, the lad here, I mean, Liverpool are trying to sign in place for them, don't he? Wakim you know. is still playing. Wakim is very good yeah, for them. Wakim is 41 and will is massive in Spain. Doesn't speak English at all. Great player, real character. Jumped in the team bus and tried to drive it a couple of years ago. He'll probably be like a TV presenter when he's finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a fantastic person. Really, he's, like a he does. He does sound like a dick. <laughs> but I, 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 I've been fortunate enough to interview him a few times. When they beat Seville, scored, put five past them. There's Cross City rivals. He said, "Any of my teammates who don't stay out until at least five o'clock, one hour for each goal after the game." And you shouldn't be playing next week for Real Betis. And obviously the fans love him when he does stuff like that. You'll know more about it. are better than them, aren't they? And you, you, you'll know yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, Real, Real Betis, I, I spent last pre-season with, with them, embedded in their camp. Um, because they're a huge club in Spain, but they wanted more, they wanted to be known more out of Spain. And... I think there are, I think Seville's a great city. The, the stadium holds sixty thousand. It's a brilliant ground. Their average crowd is about forty-eight thousand. They're a big club. Um, I think Manuel Pellegrini is a, a very, very good manager for them. He's improved them an awful lot. Their whole business model is built on selling the best players to England, basically. No, um, they're Andalusian. They're from Seville, the southern end of opposite end of the country. So. Well, about, about a thousand kilometres, yeah. You know. like, like Manchester to Paris, but you know. They're not as strong as Barcelona. Barcelona beat them 1-0 away recently. So I think Manchester United will be, will be clear favourites. 
they beat United in a friendly in December, but it was a very weak Manchester United team. Should be favourites for that cup. Should be favourites for the cup. Arsenal are still in it. Asked about that. Juventus are in it, but you're right. You're right. Arsenal won't win it as long as mine. United and Barcelona were. So yeah, yeah. Betis are. um, Roma are they any good now? United should be beating teams like that. So Betis. But it's his only ever league title in 1935. Their manager was a former Manchester United player called Patrick O'Connell. Oh, yeah. So he was at Real Betis. Um, good player. I remember him. Yeah, I remember him. Good and, uh, they've got a, a lad up front, Borja Iglesias. I, again, I've interviewed him. He's a great fella. Striker, him, isn't he? Striker. I call him the panda. And Enrique Iglesias. Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're, we're in the Midlands now. They call him the panda. It's just a nickname which stuck when he was in, in Zaragoza. And he, he broke into the city zoo and was caught with a, a panda. No, he wasn't. <laughs> told me I'll dig it out I interviewed him in August 21 but the thing, the thing they wanted was to be known outside of Spain and they will be now because they're playing Manchester United they are the probably the fourth biggest club in Catalonia because in the 1950s in Spain so many internal immigrants left Andalusia because it was the poorest part of Spain and moved to Bilbao, Barcelona, Madrid so whenever Bet is playing Barcelona or Espanyol they'll have a huge away following which is not normal in Spain so they're, they're, they're well respected and it really pisses them off that Seville have cleaned up in trophies because for decades literally between 1948 and 2006 neither of them won anything and all the best players went to Madrid so Sergio Ramos is from Seville um, Jose Antonio Reyes was from Seville loads of them but obviously Seville have become very successful knocked United out a few times and um, Betis have been less successful but it's a club in a good place I think people who go there will enjoy it anyway we're 17 minutes in the next year from us is at Wembley just got to the um, to Wembley um, seeing lots of different United fans around here there's a lad from Salford what's your name mate? Dean Holden right so this is the League Cup final weren't you in charge of a team on the way here? Uh, Charlton Athletic Manager I've actually had to blag it because we got off at Wembley Park on the tube and it's all Newcastle so they're all alright mate what, what do you think today mate did he recognise you? no I didn't recognise you thought I was a Toon fan did they? And I've got my two sons with me now I'm like well actually hopefully a Toon win mate I'm an absolute fraud today so you're here as a Manchester United fan today you yeah. enjoyed your experience at Old Trafford didn't you? Eric was great with you? Eric was glad yeah really top guy really soft as well still not yet to go into Carrington I'm here today with my sons and my assistant Anthony Hayes we're going to go into Carrington hopefully in the next two weeks Brains. He's you, done an unbelievable job. You've had some good results yourself for Charlton, haven't you? Yes, so yeah, far. We've got away from the relegation zone. We're up to mid-table now, so we just got now it's about next season now building and reframing the squad and all that. It's a lot of ownership issues that we've got to deal with, but it's an unbelievable love it. Absolutely we're down there. How are you feeling about today for the game? Are you confident that Manchester United can get a result? Someone will be about seven saying, Oh Rashford's a doubt, Dad, and I'm like, what time is it? Where are we? We're in the middle of Canary Wharf somewhere in in our apartment. But yeah, if he plays I think Excited about the game. Yeah, yeah, me too. Atmosphere. Newcastle coming down here. It's a party time for them, innit? And it's a proper game, like they're going well as well. So, easy. Your dean's assistant. What's he like as a boss? Uh, top, top man. 
Were you a player? He has to say that. In, in Ireland, I was, yeah. Was you? Listen, I'm, I'm more of a coach, but like, no, he's been great since he's come in. Yeah. Really enjoy working. Do you favour any of the teams today? Or are you neutral? No, I'm Man United. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love you're this. United, I love James. this. He's bigger this, than me. Yeah. There's, right, so a steward just come up to you. You've witnessed it, haven't you? Yeah. A neutral steward, and he's basically clearly a Manchester yeah, United fan because yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's clocked us, hasn't he? Well, he the he number of people before me, which I'm disappointed by. Yeah, Listen, he's got his priorities banging order here, hasn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, mate, you OK? Yeah, There's of course you one. can. <laughs> <laughs> this is lovely. Embarrassing, isn't it? For me. Fantastic. He's a manager of Charlton Athletic, but you need to know the main people here, don't you? There you go. Brilliant. Where are you from? Right, you're on United We Stand podcast. Who's going to win today? United, 3-1. Who's going to win? United. United, 3-1. United, 3-1. There we go, 3-1. Brilliant. Right, so there's a group of lads walking up now singing black and white shite, which is quite funny. Take care. And they're singing Andy Cole. final whistle but it's not first trophy in almost six years it's been a really good game the players are just getting a bit angry with each other now but I think Newcastle have played well but Manchester United have been clinical taking the chances really effective on the counter attack loads of Argentina flags now coming out in the Manchester United end hugely enjoyable afternoon
an hour after the game and I'm in the mix zone with Gert, who's a friend of mine. He's a journalist who's written books about Louis van Gaal and he's obviously a specialist on uh, all things from the Netherlands. <laughs> what will the reaction be in your country with Ten Hag? Well, Ten Hag was already quite, quite well respected, given his, uh, given his Champions League run with Ajax. Unfortunately, he missed out on the final then because he lost to, to Tottenham Hotspur. But uh, when he came over to United, nobody actually believed that he would be able to, to uh, turn around to this massive beast that is Man United. It's a completely different ball game to, to Ajax. And what are we, seven months in? And probably the whole Dutch media, it's only all over him because it's, it's working. He's still in the Premier League fight. He's in the FA Cup. He's beaten Barcelona in Europa League, which was very impressive. And now his first, his first, his first actual prize, his first bit of silverware. So from now on, it'll be all about Ten Hag, and 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 this this victory will be will definitely be revered in the Netherlands. And from now on, he'll be seen as one of the best Dutch managers in history. What's his standing now? What would the man on the street say about Eric Ten Hag in Holland? Obviously, Ajax fans would be slightly biased because they absolutely love him and Ajax are struggling without him. But the unbiased ones, the neutrals, will be very, very respectful because they know how difficult a club Man United is. They know that Louis van Gaal tried but eventually failed. They know that Jose Mourinho, one of the best managers that football has ever seen, came over and, and, and didn't manage to, 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 to turn this around. He came in after, after Rolf Rangnick sat. This club needed open-heart surgery He's come in, and within four or five months, it, all the pieces of, of his puzzle seem to be falling in, into place. And, well, the respect is there. Obviously, everybody wants him to, to succeed Ronald Koeman as national manager in, uh, in years to come. But, yeah, everyone, everyone will be rooting for him because it's also very, very good for Dutch football. Why do you think he's successful? For one, because he's very down to earth. Unlike Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho, um, he doesn't let his ego get in the way of what's most important, and that's the football. He's always been a disciplinarian. He's, he's a tactician, and um, when you first meet him, you might not realise that straight away. But he's a people's person as well, and you know the way he's dealt with with Jaden Sancho, Rashford, uh, also Wan Bissaka. Fred, all these players who were who were down in the dumps and 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 suddenly excelling, that is exactly what he did at Ajax. Basically, doing more uh, with a team than uh, than is to be expected. So he's basically done what he's done in the Netherlands, but that on, on on a bigger platform. There are other Dutch influences. Mitchell van der Gark, his main assistant. Tell us about him. Well, Mitchell van der Gark. Uh, and we all know that he had uh, major heart problems. Uh, was a great manager in his own right, but had to step down a little bit uh, because he couldn't really do day-to-day uh, -day training. Particularly the particularly the pressure well, was getting a bit too much. Well, not necessarily that he couldn't handle the pressure, but his heart couldn't, couldn't necessarily handle it. Uh, he's a great friend of of, 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 of Ten Hag's. Um, he's also the one who got in Benny McCarthy. Uh, because he knew him from, from, from back in there in Portugal and, and, and they've been great mates ever since. And um, his role is, 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 is basically to be uh, uh, an extra set of eyes for, uh, for Ten Hag. He's just as tactically minded, uh, whereas Steve McLaren, another friend of his, uh, is, is probably more a people's person. 
he's very good at, at keeping um, a, a reserve players uh, happy, whereas where Sonhark is the one for the, for the harsher decisions. And there is another Dutch influence, and that is about Weghorst. Tell us about him. Well, Weghorst, is, that is a story and a half, because nobody actually believed from the work ago that he would make it as, as a striker in the Dutch area of vision, <laughs> let alone in the, in, in the Premier League. He, he's done all right in Germany. He's done recently well in, 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 in Turkey, but even in the Dutch setup, no one actually believed that he was good enough to, 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 uh, uh, to step up to the Premier League and, and actually do his bit. Honestly, uh, back in the day, he wasn't very well loved by his teammates. He was a bit too much for them, uh, a bit too obsessed with scoring goals. Um, he'd rather score goals himself uh, and then given it to a teammate. He would want. He wanted to be a top goal scorer. Players back then thought he was slightly toxic, but he's completely redeemed himself in Germany. What, uh, what he was a love uh, teammate, and in Turkey he just it is. But he scored goals. I think one goal every, in every two matches, which is not a bad return. And um, under Ten Hag, he's basically doing things that he never did before, and that is just work, work, work. Do his do. Do everything technically that's asked of him, without uh, without questioning uh, the manager's intention whatsoever. Whatever Ten Hag says is is, is is the gospel, and and that's really playing up, paying off. There are even more players who, while not being Dutch, played in the top flight in the Netherlands. Um, Anthony obviously started today. Lisandro Martinez. Are you surprised at how well, especially Lisandro, has settled into England? Well, Lisandro, I actually asked colleagues of mine who, who cover Ajax on, 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 on a daily basis and I said Anthony not too sure about him because he's a diamond in the rough but Martinez he's absolutely brilliant he, he's a key he was a key player to, to the Ajax team that did so well in, in, in the last couple of years uh, yes he might be slightly on, on, on the short side but uh, Tactically and, and physically, he's one of the best we've seen in years. So in that sense, no. Anthony, different, because uh, his return wasn't great. Uh, if you look at his stats, he didn't score much, he didn't make a lot of goals. Um, so for him, uh, in my opinion, it was always uh, a matter of, uh, of time. Uh, you know, give him seven, eight months to, uh, to settle in, uh, learn a few new tricks, but, or actually... Uh, don't do as many tricks on the pitch, but be slightly more professional. Uh, be like a proper United player. Do, do what you do best. Uh, go past the player, cross in, or, or shoot whenever you have the chance. And clearly, it's, it's slowly getting better, as you could see uh, against Barcelona. But um, I'm more surprised about his uh, emergence against Barcelona than I am about Lisandro Martinez. Thank you for your time. I'm out of Wembley and I've just got on the tube back into central London. There's a few Newcastle fans around. Uh, what's your name? Where Richie. You Where are you from, Richie? Newcastle. How are you feeling right now? Um, I think, to be honest, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle didn't do as well as we could have done. However, I do believe that was what was expected. Yeah. I think um, Man United have just hit some form. Yeah. We're actually lacking form. Um, I would have loved us to do better, of course. However, Man United were the better team on the day. That's all we can do. Have you had a good... When did you come down? I came down Friday morning. Friday? 
<laughs> so you've been here for, this is your third day in indeed that's why I've got no voice right now have you had a good time we have we have indeed look for us we've had a fucking good time out that's what it's all about yeah. just going out um, coming to a cup final to us is completely alien yeah. so we've just really enjoyed it, the, the weekend out and, and you know we knew what we were getting into so we've had a fantastic time out but we knew, we knew where we were you know and Describe Newcastle's support in London this this weekend because we were seeing pictures of fans in Trafalgar Square. It was a very hard ticket for Manchester United fans. I'd imagine that a lot came without tickets. Absolutely, yeah. I think we would have had thirty-three thousand with tickets. Yeah. Um, myself, you know, we we. Everybody came down. It's our first time having a good go at a cup final and yeah. a weekend away and things like that. Um, but no, we just enjoyed the weekend away and, you know, we know where we're at. We know what we should be experiencing to and, and, and this has been fantastic for us. So where you're at seems to be a team that's been top four for most of this season, a team that's massively improved with a good manager, with talented young players, with a massive demand for tickets, with talk of expanding St James's Park. A lot of positives there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I think, as always, we have to be very cognizant of what we've had over the last 10 years we're all very excited about what's coming in the future but we also know where we are and we have to just sort of take it as it comes but we're, we're very excited for the future but just take it as it comes did you see any manchester united fans today not many actually really no really? <laughs> apparently they all live local so you know Andy Mitten. Yeah. No, Andy Brassel's a different journalist. Yeah, yeah. He's a good lad, actually, Andy Brassel. He's a decent lad. Um, so, what is your aim then for the rest of this season? There's a big game at St James's Park in a couple of weeks when you play Manchester United. Uh, you just slipped out of the top five. Is it, is it European football? Um, well, we're still in the top five, as I've, sorry, as I've looked today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, You're right, and I'm wrong. But, um, no, like, we. If we finish top six this season, then I think that was a great improvement in what we had in the last year. And any Newcastle fan that you'll meet will say that, you know, as long as we're gently progressing, then we're doing well. And that's all that's where All we want to see is a Newcastle United team that turn up every game and have, have a good goal. And that for us is fantastic. So. And under Mike Ashley, at times, it seemed pretty desperate. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. It's... Um, there was no effort within my Ashley teams. It was just survive. That's all that matters. All we want to see as fans is just a team that tries. And that's what we got today. We didn't win, but we're more than happy to see a team that just goes out and gives it a damn good go. And that's, we don't expect to win the league. We don't expect to qualify for Europe. We just expect to try. And that's all we want. And we got that today. So we're working with that. Are you going back tonight? No, I'll go back tomorrow morning. So you've had a four-day trip to Wembley? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, why not? Why not enjoy yourself? I thank you for your time. Right, we're on our way back from Wembley. We're on the M1. We should be on the M40, but somewhere on the M1. So it's the United Stand podcast. Thanks to Bet Fred. I'm sure that it's probably been said already. Um, are we back? Obviously, yeah. We're fucking brilliant, aren't we? We've been absolutely brilliant this year, haven't we? Considering the first few games are so fucking tragically sad, it's been great to lift the trophy today. But it feels more than that, doesn't it? There's not many things I wouldn't do to Ten Hag sexually. He's the fucking best thing I've ever seen. Well, he is bald. I don't give a shit. Man, you got, you're a bit not full of hair yourself, are you, these days? Um, 
Sorry. So, um, what was the most? When did you think? When? When did we start really believing that we were going somewhere with Ten Hag? It's, it's got to be a Liverpool game, hasn't it? As soon as we beat Liverpool, after them, after them bad run of results, and then we beat Liverpool, you knew something's going to happen. Oh my God! I, I see it. That right? He's brought a team. The team spirit is incredible because I stopped liking that team, and all of a sudden they've won me over. And, and that's because of players like Martinez, Casemiro, Varane and uh, Anthony. He's brought in the right guys with the right mentality. Varane obviously is already there, but Casemiro, Anthony, Martinez, the guys that he's brought in have got the right mentality. Okay. First game in Barca, I think that's when the switch was turned, because we were gutted to come away with a draw, away in Barca. I honestly think that was the switch that was. Since then, jo- joking aside, now this team have got some absolute bollocks on them. Like this time last year, we was the softest team in the league, and now it's almost like he's coming and gone. Shows your bollocks and shows what you've got. And literally, to a man, every single one of them, even the likes of Luke Shaw, Wan Bissaka, everyone that we wrote off two, three years ago, whatever, has literally got the bollocks out. Go fuck it. We're, we're Man United, we're going to show every couple of them what's what. The other great thing he's done is the rotation between the players. He's keeping everybody involved. All the forwards, all the midfielders, everyone's getting a chance. And he's rotating the ball, giving them all minutes, and it's, it's, it's bringing their group together. This time last year, we would have gone into that game today with no confidence whatsoever. The whole fans, the players, everything, no confidence whatsoever. It's the first time in years I've gone to the game today thinking we're going to actually absolutely walk over that side. The quality will show every time. That, it all comes down to ten hours, I think, at the end of the day. We've got every single player happy at the club, no matter who it is. We've got six front players and they're all getting minutes and they're all happy. Sancho, after, after the World Cup, he's not gone with the England squad, he's probably gutted. And then after the World Cup, we all think he's going to come in because he's fresh. But Tenag was like, "You go away and get yourself ready." And since he's come in, he's walked himself into the side, and everyone can see he's playing with confidence straight away. It's the same with Rashford. Rashford straight from the World Cup. He's, a, he's obviously a confidence player, and with that confidence, he's scoring every week, and you can see it straight away. He's obviously got the side behind him, and with the midfield. Midfield's the most solid midfield we've had in years. Fred and McTominay have never worked together. But Ten Hag, obviously, he had a choice between McTominay and Fred. And Fred hasn't got that quality to make a killer pass. But he's got the, the better players around with Ericsson, Casemiro, Bruno. He's got the wingers and you just play a five yard, ten yard pass. And he's fucking him in every single time. I know, it's an incredible way that he's. If you look at. The miss in the last, was it the last few seconds, Rashford's header against Newcastle, Old Trafford, when they came and they just bored the pants off us, didn't they? Just by lying down the whole game. He missed that header. And we sort of almost knew that he'd missed that header. Something happened. The faith was, he really had faith in him, didn't he, Tanag? And since then, now, like you say, Rashford can't miss. And if that header got that header now, you just know it'd nestle in the back of the net. Literally, today. I don't think Rashford is fit today, but Ten Hag will not, he won't take him off because he's got so much confidence in him. And Rashford needs the confidence from the manager. And that was the problem under Oli, under Ragnar, under Mourinho. 
got no I, I genuinely love to know what's and I've said to him because something at some point has happened where he's gone, this isn't good enough. What I, I'm going to show you what to do. And like the last five or six years, we've had managers that, like Ollie, for example, which I've been Solskjaer anyway, uh, sorry, Ollie, which I've been Fergie, where he sat there and like took a, a managerial role but didn't coach. Mourinho uh, did something similar. Van Arvin, you know, was a coach, but he was like defensive minded. Whereas he's come in and gone, this is how we're going to win, and nothing less than winning trophies is going to be acceptable to us. But he's not just that. I mean, yeah, he did get them running after that Brentford game. Apparently, he brought them in and he told, told told them to run. But it's not that. If you remember against Brentford, we passed out from the back, and Eriksson got caught on the ball. But it was a shit. Now, the confidence in the players, even playing out from the back, including David De Gea, who people have written off every year for years, and yet today at nil nil he made an unbelievable save from um, to Maxim, in, or whatever he's called. But he's got players to want to play football and want to take the ball in difficult situations, doesn't he? And that isn't just from saying you've got to run more and fight more that something he's got as a coach or in his coaching staff is really making them good play good football we're enjoying this football yeah, yeah, 100%. and the, the link with the fans now is brilliant as well we, we don't go to a game now thinking we're going to lose every single game whoever we're playing we think, we're, we're confident we're thinking we're going to win every single game and that's because of the way the team and the coaches are doing it's brilliant the bit about playing out from the back, Casemiro helps massively with that. In transition, I can't remember, the, the game we played the other day, I can't remember who it was, I've lost track we played that many games, but yeah. um, when, he was play, when he wasn't playing, uh, Leeds it was, wasn't it? When they just overcrowded us in midfield, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't have an outlet, did we? Whereas when he plays, he, he, he's literally the dominance in midfield and he gives an outlet and He's a ball-playing midfielder. I so it's, I think it's the first time in years we've had a proper spine at the club. We've got an actual yeah. spine at the club. But Martin as a brand, he trusts them both so much. And then recently you've seen him, he's rotating them all the time now. He trusts Moran, he trusts Martinez, and then whoever's next to him, he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Who's but he comes up with solutions, doesn't he? We thought there'd be a problem in Ericsson missing, but he's come up with a solution. And even though... I mean, you could go to um, Feghorst and Sabitzer and everyone laughing at us for those two signings. And okay, Feghorst isn't um, Haaland, yeah? But, um, you know, l- lanky forwards aren't the future, are they? And, and players like Haaland aren't the future of the game. They don't fit in really very well, do they? That's why City have not been as well good this year. But in terms of... Sabitzer, he knew that there's a problem and he knew he had to go and find an immediate solution and he could have bought like we've done in the past with uh, a one matter or something like that a great player but who doesn't fit in he's just gone for two players who he knows he needed to bridge a gap like he said we, we could have planned it by and bought someone like one matter but oh, Fellini Fellini did not fit our philosophy what you've got to realise with, with Ten Hag, it does not make any excuses. He, he takes no excuses, whatever. We're playing every week. He turns it on the flip side. We want to play. We want to win. We want to fight. You cannot fault him. 
Wegos, he's, he's, he's doing okay. He's bringing players in. He's not scoring goals. But Tenag's flipping it on the good side. He wants players who work hard and flip. We got rid of Ronaldo. What a fucking decision that was. And there's so many arguments before it happens. But look, look at us now as a team. Without any goals, look at us now. We're fucking brilliant. You look at Anthony, you look at Sancho, look at Bruno. We, we, weren't, we weren't half the team we are now. But we work hard. Do you know what we are? We're bastards and we're fucking brilliant at it. So this season, this is a brilliant start to the season. And even if it fizzled out in terms of just a relentless amount of games, at the start of the season, we would have more than happy with League Cup winners in top four. We, 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 would have top, we would have took top four. We would have bit your hand off. We would have, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not in the race. We're not in the race, let's be honest. But we're going we're gonna to keep up with the pace. We're not going to win it. But the fact that we've, we've been mentioned is a fucking massive thing. We're nowhere near it, but we're, we're close. I think we'll chase Arsenal City all the way down, but we'll just have that shit start. Everything up to that Brentford game. Alright, so third place we'd be really happy with. What about Europe? You know, what about Europe and what about the FA Cup? I don't see why we don't get to two more finals with 100%. If, right, if you if you spoke to me at the beginning of the season, right, right, you've got Lee Cup and what's, you're at this stage now. You would have took your end off from top four, which we're not guaranteed, but we're, we're quite, we're not far off. And then, if you said, you won't believe RFA Cup, I would have fucking bit your hand off. So let, let's be realistic. For, for As a fan, Europa League, I like going on the away trips, it's fucking brilliant, it's a buzz. FA Cup, fucking brilliant as well. But I don't expect to win any. But Ten Hag, he has no excuses for losing. Listen to the man. I don't, I don't expect us to win any more trophies, but don't see why we don't chase at least two more finals. Yeah. Well, certainly the players think they can do that, don't they? Anyone else in that league that's got the ball rolling more than It feels United. very much like these players know they're on a roll, like each other, want to play for each other, and defeat isn't in their vocabulary at the moment, is it? So, yeah, that, that top four stuff, I don't buy into it personally. I think it's a, a load of shite that Sky fucking. Well, it's not because you have to play Champions League. So, I, I, so. I I know, I get that, I get that. But, so I, I think that we have to accept that it isn't a trophy top four, but it's fairly important for the players that no. they play in that Champions League. Yeah, by default you might say, yeah, we're finishing the top four, it's all right. But for me, it's 15 games left for this season. Then Blue Cunts are only, what, three points above us. Yeah. Arsenal have still got a shit. Arsenal have still got a shit the pants, which they will do. Fuck it, go for it, why not? I think you're right. Well, on that note, we'll definitely... Um, We've got a very happy trip back from Wembley and um, with West Ham on Wednesday, if we just do any more than that and get through the, that round as well, we go to Anfield confident and actually, you know, whatever happens from now on, Ten Hag, poor beautiful bastard, has made sure the Manchester United are actually being feared again and people are starting to hate us again, which must mean we're on our way back. Right, so I've just got back to my hotel. I met a group of lads from Chesterler Street, the United fans, and um, Wakefield. And two of them I'm going to speak to, 
Dad's dad's the most interesting one, but son, what's your name? Nick. Nick's dad, what's your name? Tom. Tom, you did a United podcast. You tried one. Go on, plug it now on this one oh, then. I did, I did. You're no. not doing it anymore? No, not anymore. Covid, Covid ended it really. What was it called? Hey, United talk. Are you, um, did you enjoy today? Oh, big time, big time. The good time's coming back. I hope so. And what's your name? Adam. Right, so Adam, it's, it's, it's nearly midnight and Adam is dressed in running gear and I said have you just been running and he said yes and he explained that he's doing a 10k run every single day for his cousin who's got breast cancer which is great and he's doing it every day you went to Barcelona away went to Barcelona away yeah, yeah. right so you've just done 10k now yeah how fast uh, not very not right. very <laughs> not very fast no but and you've been at the game yeah been at the game yeah have you had any alcohol today Uh Say about ten pints, easy. You've, you've had ten pints uh, easily, yeah. And if not more, yeah. And just run ten k. And just run ten k, yeah. You've, and you've got. Let me just get this so. straight. You've had ten pints. When did you have your last pint before the game? Um, after the game, when, so because I needed a shit, so I had to take it to the toilet. <laughs> so you had, your, you had your, your final pint after the match. Yeah. You come home, yeah. you've got put, changed. Put him to bed, yeah. Yeah, put him to bed. And you've done Stay a 10k mate. around around here. Yeah, sure. around here, mate. No idea where we're going. Just turning turning left every Show time. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Right, I'm absolutely goosed. I'm gonna go go and get my head down. Very quickly, lads, just sum up what's the day like for you. Fantastic. I think we're on our way back. Brilliant. And just love us now. We're back to normal. Casimiro, Casimiro is fantastic. Unbelievable. We're back, man, we're back. We're back, you think the, the League Cup will be a start of something? Yeah. We need a good transfer window. We need a good transfer window. Shout out to the, the Chester Street Reds, the Wakefield Reds. Yes. And um, doing a 10k run after 10 pints. <laughs> Walking away from Wembley and lots of Newcastle United fans have just been speaking to a couple of them. They're absolutely sound, friendly, interesting, talking about the ownership of their club, gutted. But I'm not gutted because Manchester United have won a trophy for the first time in six years and it feels absolutely brilliant. The way that Eric Ten Hag has turned this club around in such a small space of time means that he has completely overachieved of course he's had his players to help him but so much of the praise belongs to the manager just been in the mix zone at Wembley watch him the players walk past buzzing the reds off playing music Tenard carrying the trophy Alex Ferguson walked past Avram Glazer was also in the stadium and it was a great day at Wembley. Missed these great days at Wembley. They were stopped by COVID and Manchester United being bobbins to win for the first time in a long time. Feels great. I thought uh, Rafael Varane, Lissandro Martinez, Casemiro were all excellent. Manchester United didn't have as much possession as Newcastle United, but were more clinical, took the chances and felt great at the end. Really, really good. Hopefully it's a step on to something greater, but this has just been such an enjoyable week. 
beating Barcelona on Thursday night and winning a cup on the Sunday. Wow. Ain't quite treble levels. No one's pretending that it is, but feels great. Feels really, really good. It's actually getting really cold in London now. It's still February, I suppose. Means that there's still three months of the season left to go. This has been... This is enjoyable in the next couple of months as it has been in the last couple of months. We're in for more treats, aren't we? Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm going to wake up very early, send the editorial of the fanzine off. It's out on Wednesday night. If you want to subscribe for the next 10 issues, do it before Tuesday. We'll get them sent off to you. Loads of people are supporting us. It feels we really appreciate that. Until the next game, what is it? West Ham, non-stop in it. Glory, glory, Man United.